Hello everyone, my name is Judge Shepard. Welcome to another episode of What to Watch on Netflix. Uh, this is the Sundance special because I am live in front of a roaring fire at our condo at Sundance. I'm joined by my friend, genius and uh, <laughs> fellow Sundance goer, uh, Rob Savage. Hey Rob. Thanks Jed, thanks for having me. <laughs> no Jed, Jed taught me how to be a, a good guest this morning. Jed was on TV and said that I if was I repeat the host's name back... You come across as more likable, so thank you for having me, Jed. You've used my advice straight away. That's good. Yeah, you've already ingratiated yourself to the host, I'm which a fast is fast learner. Yeah. So this morning, um, Rob was meant to go on on uh, breakfast TV at Sundance to talk about Dawn of the Deaf, our film that we're screening here, and uh, it was because it's a breakfast show. We had to be. It was early morning. We had to be there for about seven a.m. It got to about six, and uh, uh, so it got to about five to seven. And I go in to wake up Rob. I'm like, Rob, we really need to leave now. And Rob's like, um, yeah, the thing about that is, is it's really early. Um, I've been here, just just for some context, so I don't sound like just like a lazy fuck. Uh, I've, I've been here for a week now. Okay. And on Sundance time, that's like two years, so. That's true. You're all kind of like worn out from... Uh, free drinks and free food and oh, man. partying. It doesn't, sound, it doesn't sound like that much of an affliction, but, but a week of free food and free booze. Yeah, because um, I just rocked up on Tuesday and, it, and all my friends are, are all very tired and hopefully... And he's like, he's <laughs> buzzing around. Like Hyper. So yeah. I, I went in Rob's place, myself and, and Hayley from Dawn of the Deaf went in Rob's place and we uh, yeah did the breakfast show, smashed it, got a lot of jokes in, a lot of uh, inside references. Uh, to Alan Partridge and uh, talked about a whole range of stuff and they wanted uh, me and Hayley to present another show for them which is really cool which uh, we didn't end up doing but it was nice to be asked Um, so Rob uh, as you uh, may know the premise of this particular podcast is to give your recommendations of what to watch on Netflix now Netflix is used as a catch-all for streaming services so it can be uh, anything it could be on um, HBO Go it can be on uh, YouTube it can be on on iTunes it can, it can be anything really Amazon sure. and so, so don't think it's just Netflix which a lot of people sure. might think um, I mean most people have Netflix so it's kind of an easy thing to go to and how it works is I give uh, we each pick three films tv uh, episodes or documentaries and we talk about that just for a few minutes each um and then afterwards i do a mini episode um either slamming your choices or um i praise your choices okay. after i've watched them i may have already watched some of the ones you're about I to do i think you've watched all three of these that's I'd be surprised fine. if you hadn't okay well, well we'll see about that so we're going to talk about these films but we're also going to tell you about the stuff that's happening at sundance because this is the sundance special give you a little bit of an insight as we're here at sundance we might as well tell you what it's like to have a film at sundance and uh, the kind of pitfalls of being here and what we expected versus the reality yeah, of it all. yeah let's talk about films that anyone can watch right now instead of waiting six months mm-hmm. uh, my first pick of what to watch on netflix is a documentary called there's something wrong with aunt diane from 2011 have you seen it rob no i've never heard of it okay so it's a quite an ominous title there's something wrong with aunt diane and um i didn't know anything about it going into it i knew I heard the name in because I read lists. It was on a particular list for, for best documentaries of the last 10 years or something. So I thought I'd give it a chance. And basically, it's about a weird incident that happened where a car full of people died in a car crash. Um, a bunch of kids. It was very unfortunate and it's incredibly sad. Um, a bunch of kids died in a car um, and it was their aunt, Diane, who was driving. Uh-huh. 
Now, I mean, that's incredibly sad by itself without the accusations being uh, thrown at our Diane that she was drunk. Uh-huh. And this woman was thought of by her family as like the nicest, sweetest woman. Yeah. But then it starts coming out that she's involved in all sorts of things. And uh, apparently, bef- before getting in the car, she was seen on, 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 on video camera going into like, like a, um, an off license and downing a, like a bottle of vodka before oh, she wow. went. And she wasn't a big drinker. So there was there's possibly the accusation that she did it on purpose uh-huh. and she wanted to create as much carnage as possible so she brought loads of kids with her um it's messed up but out of out of messed up things come comes a really incredible touching documentary which isn't exploitative at all it's it's really kind of endearing and um you really feel for these people and it's really really interesting it's it's made by hbo and it's available in in multiple places but the best place to probably watch it is if you just go to the hbo website you can stream it from there uh-huh. and i think it's free as well at the moment that's but, great yeah and um if anyone knows of a of a documentary that's darker than that please let me know because it's 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 not a nice subject it, I mean, it's, a, it's a incredible watch mm. i was fascinated but man yeah you I, see the real dark side of, of humanity they do some pretty dark documentary i really want to see the slender man documentary they've just made i cannot wait for that it's i'm obsessed amazing. with slender man um i was telling you about the um just a little aside about marble hornets uh it's a little bit of an extra tidbit if none, none of you have seen this thing it's a like a 98 part series on youtube from about 2005 2006 when youtube first came out where it's essentially about the Slender Man, and some videos are 30 seconds long, some videos are like 10 minutes long, and it's bizarre. I don't want to spoil it, but is it's... It like, it's like found footage, is it? It's found footage, um, but it's incredibly well done for 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 uh, these people who have zero budget yeah. to effectively create a monster within these videos is is, is great uh, but um, i mean the monster in the in the documentary that we're talking about is a, a very human one and yeah there's something wrong with aunt diane 2011 rob what's your first choice um so my first choice is it might actually be my favorite film of all time wow okay um, which yeah, we might not be able to be friends if you don't like okay it. <laughs> so, right uh, which adam sandler movie is this then <laughs> <laughs> the I mean, I'll I'll defend Adam Sandler till the end of the year. Really? Well, his most recent output. He, I mean, he made Punch Drunk Love, so his his. Yeah, there's only maybe after Punch Drunk Love, you can give him three bad choices, but he yeah, has made I mean, stinker he's made stinker after stinker. He's not making it easy for me. No. Um. The so okay so so possibly my favorite movie. Uh, I'm not sure when it came out. I think it was '99 or something like that. Okay. Uh, it's The Limey by Steven Soderbergh. Which is a, a great movie. Sound. Yeah. Um, so what's that about the, the limey that you what that you like? Well, it's, I mean, the limey. If you know, if the, if if you were to describe the limey, mm-hmm. then it would it would sound like the most generic. Uh, it would it 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 sounds like absolutely nothing at all. Um, it's all in the execution. It's all in the performances. It's all in the nuance. Yeah. Um, and it the thing I think I like about it the most is that it's it's something that could only exist in the medium of film. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, it's basically. Uh, it's basically a kind of associative montage of moments in this in this possible revenge narrative. Terence Stamp plays somebody who is travelling to the to the US to avenge his, his daughter's death. Great concept, uh, but it's all it's it's all kind of fragmented, and it, it's the closest I've ever seen to film 
replicating the way that we put, piece together memories. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I mean, I think Steven Soderbergh is an absolute genius. He, he is. And, and uh, Terence Sam's performance in this is career best, possibly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a really, really cool movie. Um, and is that's available on Netflix right now, that's right? That's on Netflix UK, yeah. Um, I think it's on Netflix worldwide as well. Yeah. Um, uh, it's beautifully shot. Ed, Ed Latchman shot it. Uh, what is that? What's Ed Latchman done previously? He shot. He shot Carol. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, and he shoots. He shoots a bit for Larry Clark as well. Okay. He's great. I mean, he's just you know he's got that kind of. Um, he, he shoots. This, he shoots this really beautiful kind of spontaneous feeling, handheld. Mm -hmm. uh, that that kind of makes you feel like you're intruding on these really tender, real moments that are just happening that aren't dressed up for the camera. He he, he has that kind of. Um, and, it's, and it's not you, you can't really call it documentary because it's it, it it's it's kind of stylistic and and uh and 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 beautifully composed and and, and almost avant-garde at times nice but it but it also feels like hugely authentic yeah and, and it's that that balance that i mean soderbergh when he self-shoots because mm -hmm. he, he's shot a, a lot of his movies since yeah he finds that same that same space mm -hmm. uh but, but ed latchman's an absolute genius at, at, at has Soderbergh, on screen. has Soderbergh given up filmmaking now? He said he did. Yeah. He's making this movie with, he's making Logan Lucky, I think, with okay. Channing Tatum. I'm and sure. He made two he, seasons of The Nick after doing that. Oh, did he really? Just, that, The Nick is. I need amazing. to watch that. I really need to watch that. I hear really good things. Mm. Um, that is a, definitely a great choice of what to watch on Netflix. Um, but before we get to uh, my next pick, um, let's talk a little bit about Sundance. So, why are we at Sundance? So, we've our short film, Dawn of the Deaf which we've been taking around festivals for about a year now. Yeah. Um, we found out a couple of months ago that we got into, we got into Sundance. Mm -hmm. um, and... Do you know what? I did, I actually forgot that we got in until like the two days before it was announced. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was just like, oh yeah, we're at Sundance. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, I mean, because the, the reality of actually... Sundance is just a word that's kind of bandied about a lot, and I, you know, yeah. I've been like I've been submitting to Sundance since I was about fifteen years old when <laughs> I was first making like ketchup blood slasher movies and stuff like that. <laughs> we need to make some ketchup blood slasher movies. I think there's a bit of ketchup blood in Dawn of the Deaf. <laughs> yeah, there is actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's kind of you know it's kind of it, it almost doesn't feel like a real thing and, um, when yeah. you say when you say Sundance because it's 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 kind of the only festival that a lot of non-film people know. It's like a magic word, isn't it? Like you you can say you have a film at any any other festival and people wouldn't bat an eyelid, but you say Sundance, they know what Sundance is. Yeah. Um, and somewhere deep down inside, they know it's something special. Even, um, even my nan knew what Sundance was. Wow! I've had to kind of explain why every other every other good thing that's been happening with this film, <laughs> I've had to put it in context. But she but she knew Sundance. It's crazy. It has been a bit of a roller coaster ride with with Dawn of the Deaf. Um, do you want to talk about like how it came together? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, so so. I've I've known you for about four years, mm -hmm. and I think the very first time I met you, you you pitched me Dawn of the Deaf. Really, wow! Because um, <laughs> I mean, Jed Jed's had the, the the original concept of Dawn of the Deaf kind of floating around for yeah for a long time for a long time. Um, we, I mean, for those who don't know, it's about it's about a zombie infection that spread through sound, so it leaves only the the um, the deaf community unaffected and having to having to fight to rebuild the world after the apocalypse. Yeah. Um, and just for people who know me, no, that's a, a typical Jed storyline. It's kind it's, of that shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, but you know, you know I, I mean, I don't actually have any zombie movies on this list, but but like, I I grew up on zombie movies, yeah. and they they they're kind of 
it's it's a subgenre that kind of defined my film taste in a lot of ways. And I've been looking for something to make. Yeah. Um, in the zombie, I mean, the, I mean, the thing about the zombie genre is you've just got to do something really out there and different. You have you can, to because there's so many of them. So this is what I talked about on 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 uh, breakfast TV this morning. Um, that there's so many zombie movies out there, and I'm sick of zombie movies. So you, I've, the only way to keep me interested is to come out with a fresh twist. And having uh, deaf people being the main protagonist and have this being subtitles and, and a lot of sign language, it just makes it really interesting and yeah. another kind of uh, side to the zombie subgenre. Yeah. And, you know, and also the, 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 the lovely thing about it, you know, both in front of the camera and behind the camera, is I, I've been able to find out a lot about deaf culture. Yeah. I've been able to learn a lot about British sign language and, and, and all the various um, iterations of sign language. And it's a horror movie where you're going to you're going to you're going you're to empathize. And you're going to learn about uh, a group of people that maybe you don't have an opportunity to 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 hear about. And you're going to do it all while just having the shit scared out of you. And I think that's the best way in a lot of times. Yeah. To, it's kind of like horror is like the great leveler in a way. Yeah. Because everyone can everyone can get on board with a with a, a scary kind of roller coaster ride movie. Yeah. And if you can teach them something or you can show them something a bit different, then mm -hmm. I think it's a good place to do it. So you really should have done Park City uh, TV with me this morning. Uh, <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I'm I could barely string two words together this morning. No, me and Hayley did a good job. Um, but yeah, and so so um, Rob took this crazy uh, idea and just made it into something poetic, beautiful, touching. Like every, I mean, I've, I've seen it a million times and every time I watch it, I'm, I'm just amazed uh, at how he's turned something that could potentially in the wrong hands be terrible um, and exploitative. He's turned it into something just magical. And that's why um, the whole time we've been at Sundance, people, random people come up to us and been like, like, I love your film. Like, I really, really love your film. And I mean, we, I mean I've had that sometimes at, at like festivals we've been at. And, but here it's just out of this world. Just yeah. everyone's coming up to us and... Um, yeah, I mean, it's really, it's really lovely. It's really gratifying. Um, you know, especially, 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 be, be, you know, for, for those people who don't know the kind of the numbers of it, that there's, mm -hmm. there's about 9,000 films submitted to Sundance every year and about 60 films get in. Um, and of, of, of the UK, we're the only live action fiction short film that, that got in, in the, in the entire UK for this yeah. year. Um, so so to be to have to have people to have people noticing our film amongst like possibly the strongest lineup of shorts we've ever played in. Yeah. Oh, by far. It, it, by it, far. It really means a lot because because you because and 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 you know especially the, the other filmmakers as well the the nice things they've been saying because because yeah the uh, complete respect for everyone in the program it's, uh -huh. it's such a strong lineup this year. It's great. Um, and yeah, and 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 hopefully we get to make um the feature. Um, out oh, we're making the feature. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just who who will give us the money to make it, um, um, and that's in Rob's capable hands of uh, trying to find the best home for it. Really, mm. um, yeah. So um, about the Sundance experience. So we we've had a few screenings, um, and then we do Q and As. And for those that know, Sundance is kind of the place where people come to kind of shop around their film and, and potentially mm -hmm. get, can get picked up but besides that what else is there to do at Sundance what, what have we what, what did you do in the week before I got here Rob um, a, I mean a lot of drinking yeah There's see this is the thing uh, free food yeah it's free food free drinks just parties all the time yeah I mean I got here I got here and like my liver's about to collapse I'm kind of partied out yeah <laughs> uh, and I've got four more days to go um, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, because, because the, I mean, the first, the first like four or five days, that's when all the industry is there and everyone's trying to buy the hot, they're trying to figure out what the hot ticket is. And yeah. there are a lot of sales made. So, so you, you're basically shoulder to shoulder with people the whole time you're on Main Street in Park City. Yeah. Um, and Netflix is, I don't know if you saw how many films Netflix have bought, but they're buying up tons of stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and, you know, and, and so, so every big film has a, has a after premiere party. Mm hmm. Um, lots of the film offices in the US have premier parties. There's a Utah one, there's a Colorado one, there's um, all yeah. sorts. Um, and a lot of these parties are to kind of raise profile for for various different things. So they invite all the filmmakers to to, to their place for free food and free drink because they want their brand to be associated with all these filmmakers. They want potentially these filmmakers to use their brand in the future or yeah. to think of them when they're making their films. Um, so, but I mean, it's, it's, it's been great. This, this is our first Sundance experience and it's yeah, been yeah. absolutely incredible. And, uh, you know, I, mean, I think we should shout out as well to the Sundance team and the volunteers and everything. Yeah. Like, they've, oh, been they've been so, so amazing. Cool. They've been sorting us out with, with extra passes and yeah. they put on so many, because as well as all the film commissions and all the free food and drink, Sundance yeah. itself puts on uh, meet the filmmakers um, events and then yeah. we had a, a short film awards bowling party Patton um, Oswald Patton Oswald was there yeah uh, presenting it he, I mean he accidentally read the wrong film when he when he announced the grand jury yeah. <laughs> um, he mispronounced Dawn of the Deaf but <laughs> yeah he called it some other film it's um, we need yeah. to kind of get back to we're going to have a word <laughs> um, but yeah it's, it's been a, an absolutely incredible experience um, we'll talk about, about more uh, about that after the, the next pick uh, my second pick is an incredible film that Rob I think we should remake one day this film is called Spellbinder and it's from 1988 and it's on currently on Netflix UK I believe it's on Netflix USA as well um, it's directed by a, a lady called Janet Greek and the reason why I picked it for this particular episode is because at Sundance uh, at the moment there are so many amazing female filmmakers mm -hmm. here and they right, rightfully get in the recognition they deserve we went to watch uh, an incredible um, uh, horror anthology today called XX which is getting a lot of hype uh, for the right reasons um, and this is from from 1988, and and it's too bad that the director Janet Greek didn't really go on to kind of make more films. I think I think she dipped her toe into TV, but this w w was worth a um, kind of taking up the director's chair. It's starring um, Timothy Daly, who I don't know too much about. He was the, the lead actor, and the main girl is Kelly Preston, mm -hmm. who is uh, up there with the top five female actresses from the 80s in terms of just just absolute bombshell uh -huh. um and the film it's really, really interesting because i watched that as a kid and for the last ages i've been trying to figure out what this film is so when i saw a film called spellbinder pop out on netflix i was like that sounds like it could be the film i watched when i was a kid and got obsessed with the occult uh -huh. um so it's about uh, this lawyer who is a bit full of himself and he's out one night and he, he kind of sees this fight in the street between this guy and this girl mm -hmm. and the guy slaps the girl and she falls over and starts crying and he obviously runs over being a hero says, hey man what are you doing leave this woman alone and and the guy's like you stay out of this you don't know what you're dealing uh -huh. with and like he's and he basically saves the girl yeah and because the girl's got nowhere to stay and he's a bit into her because she's kelly preston yeah. he invites her back to his apartment they get on famously yeah. um <laughs> and she ends up staying with him for a while it turns out though like all of these things she isn't what she seems mm -hmm. she is in fact uh, a witch a member of a coven 
Um, and she's basically trying to get out of the coven. That's why he hit her. Mm-hmm. But it's not so easy to get out, a bit like Scientology. It's not so easy to get out of the coven. So the film turns into a siege movie where it's these witches against this one witch and and this lawyer, basically. And th- this film has a various different kind of mashup of genres because sometimes it's comedy Mm -hmm. sometimes it's a thriller sometimes it's just pure horror sometimes it's just indescribable what we see on screen but um some of the things in this i've seen in um in things like supernatural and buffy um things like in order to protect yourself from the coven or from demons you surround yourself with a circle of salt and if that circle is broken then the then the witches can get in um there's little touches like that and the ending is incredible i'm obviously not going to spoil it but mm. the ending is um way ahead of its time it's, it's been it's been done to the death death now but in 1988 it was it's the first time i've seen this happen um it's it looks beautiful for the 80s yeah. um it's got a great soundtrack um and it's yeah it's a real underrated gem and these are the kind of things that um i kind of want to draw attention to i've never you see, i'd never heard of it I don't think anyone has, but it's quietly kind of been there on uh-huh. on, on Netflix for the, probably the last year I've seen it pop up. Yeah. It's only recently I've kind of went to watch it. Um, I, I would really, really recommend watching it. If, you, if you're a fan of, of things like Buffy or Supernatural um, or just really, really uh, ahead of its time kind of genre films. Um, yeah. So that's available on, on Netflix, I think, worldwide. Was it Spellbinder? Spellbinder, yeah. Um, and the poster is just um, a kind of a big close-up picture of Kelly Preston looking a bit witchy. Nice. <laughs> yeah, loads of mascara and, and frizzy hair. Um, and what's your second pick, Rob? Mine, um, this is this was my favourite film of last year. Okay. Um, and it, I actually haven't watched it since it's gone on Netflix because every okay. time I watch it, I get really depressed because it's it's so perfectly put together wow it's almost um even though i think they made it for about six million but it's almost like the perfect low budget idea executed to absolute perfection uh it's jeremy sonnier's second feature green room oh man Um, yeah and it's uh, well i mean what to say about it it's uh it's it's it, it, it's what we pers- want to do basically isn't it yeah basically just the the his his ability to um his ability to ratchet up tension, his ability to uh, utilize this this pretty much a single space for, mm-hmm. for, for most of the film. Um, the the way that he grounds you in something that feels at once familiar uh, and, and also just... Uh, it, it, the, the, it, it's, it's one of the only horror films I've seen where the characters react exactly as you probably would react in that situation. Yes. Uh, and they fail in the exact same ways that you would fail there is a sense and, of of believability uh, yeah. to this even though it's quite an extreme situation you can really empathize with these characters can't yeah you? i mean you know uh, and and the the kind of um the, f- the 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 kind of flippant way in which the characters are dispatched <laughs> yeah. um the first time the first time i watched it i i just had no i just had no idea what was going on yeah well should, um, should we say what it's about like what kind of the kind yeah, of yeah. main premise um it's so so it's about a, a, a punk band called the Ain't Rights who go um, they they finish up their tour by playing uh, a kind of skinhead bar in the middle Shitty of in the middle, in the bar, middle yeah. of nowhere. Um, <laughs> and at the end of their set, they go back into the green room and and witness a witness a murder. Yeah. Um, and so the uh, the neo Nazis who own the pub, uh, the bar, they they lock them inside 
and Patrick Stewart, who, own, who owns the club, comes and tries to negotiate the situation. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Um, it doesn't pan out very well. You can them. never nego- don't uh, negotiate with neo Nazis. That's the that, that you know actually that's the that's the thing that I love the most about it is that it really nails that. Um, you, you know sometimes when when you're in a really uh, tight situation mm-hmm. and you know that there's no there's no good way out of it. Yeah, and you're just postponing. You're just postponing that the impending sense of doom yeah yeah yeah. uh, there's there's an amazing scene where patrick stewart comes to the door and just tries to chill them out yeah um all all the while you're seeing the the red lace nazis get their machetes together and 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 there's just this great sense of of the characters in the room anton yelchin and and the rest of the band yeah they want to believe it they don't believe it yeah (laughs) and it's great. And it's just yeah. that pre- that pretend that pretense of we're in a situation that we can talk our way out of, mm-hmm. but everyone knows that the violence is on its way. That, that it, it doesn't inevitable. Yeah, it doesn't need to. Um, the, when the when the violence hits, you really feel it. But the violence is in the air from the from the very beginning, mm-hmm. and that's what I love about it. Because they've really, they've really developed the characters before anything happens. You really feel for these characters. Yeah. Um, and I guess because I'm in, involved with with music and bands and stuff I mean this really hit home for me mm-hmm. um, and, and um, the great thing about Patrick Stewart is um, a lot of directors might have told uh, their actors especially the main neo-nazi might have told the main guy to be completely over the top and mm-hmm. kind of um, a cartoon villain but in this the, the scary thing is is, is the controlled yeah. uh, kind of anger and hate that Patrick Stewart has um, as he's trying to negotiate them out of the screen room in question. Another thing we should mention um, is uh, Macon Blair. Yes. Who, who was who in it? We ran into, was that this morning? That feels like an age. It was yesterday. was yesterday. Yesterday we met one of the actors uh, from Green Room, who's also the main guy in, in Blue Ruin, another film by the same director, um, because he has a film at Sundance. And he's just the nicest guy. He's the nicest guy. He's got a, he's got a rocking beard. Yeah, he's dressed the same way as he is he's in Blue Ruin. Yeah. It's basically his character from Blue, Blue Ruin is him. Um, and I'm thinking maybe I'll get him on another episode of this podcast, maybe because he has a film coming out on Netflix in February, so maybe I'll speak to him then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, is there anything else you want to say about Green Room? It's, it's, um, I love it. It's... Uh, and, and Anton Yelchin's fantastic. The cast is fantastic. R.I.P. Anton Yelchin. Uh, the writing, the writing is really great. Oh man, it's um, so good. It's it, he. There's, there's, there, no, there isn't a beat of that film that is wasted. Mm-hmm. Um, everything, everything is there. Uh, it, the, just, it, just the precision of the filmmaking yeah. is something that I aspire to, and it's something that we've been looking at a lot for the, for the Dawn of the Death feature, yeah. which has kind of siege movie elements. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just the best siege movie since Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Yeah, I think every horror director, in order to kind of show their chops, they need to make a siege movie because um, being able to confine the horror to just to one room and not have to rely on on, on big set pieces mm-hmm. is something only I think the best directors can do. Um, hold hold an audience attention for ninety minutes while being just in one room. Yeah, um, and also also just. Just as if you just sidestep the audience's expectations in, in a in a couple of places, yeah, then they're putty in your hands, yeah, because uh, you go into green room expecting you know who's going to live or die, and, and yeah. when when the beats are going to hit, mm-hmm. you think it's going to escalate, um, yeah. in in a, in a familiar way, um, you know, especially if like you and me, we've watched a million horror films, mm-hmm. uh, and and the ways in which he subverts that, and and he he yes. uh, he tests and 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 can um. 
it goes against your expectations. It really does because, again, in 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 the wrong hands, this would have been a disaster. It would have been the most cliched kind of thing you can think of. Um, but yeah, I mean, some people might be kind of put off by this if they hear it's Nazi. It's like a a Nazi horror movie. But please don't let that put you off. This film is just an incredible piece of cinema, and um, I think it'll be a, a, a classic. Like in in fifty years' time, people will be talking about this film as one of the best, well, siege movies, stroke, like horror movies, yeah, yeah. movies um, from the twenty first century so far. And I think I think Jeremy Sonia is going to be one of one of the greats. I mean, he nearly already is. He's he's already yeah, up there for well, me. He's two. He's well, he's made three movies. Has yeah. seen his first one, but of the two I've seen, he's he's two for two. Yeah. Um, well, thanks very much. That was a great choice. Uh, my final choice for uh, this episode um, is a film called The Fits. Um, and I think you'll, you'll really like this film. So this is from 2015, um, and it is not kind of the usual film I'd, I'd go into, but again, I, I've, I kind of... Uh, saw a lot of end of year film lists, so I went back and kind of tried to watch everything that that people kind of recommended. And this is one of the standouts. Uh, this film follows an eleven year old girl um, as she t- trains to be a boxer. Um, and the the girl they found to be in this film, I don't know how they found a girl so versatile. She's an incredible actress, an incredible um, like boxer. Like you can you can see her; she's great. Um, and then later on, an incredible dancer. So it's about this eleven-year-old boxer who kind of stumbles across this dance class in the, in the in the next kind of room, and then joins. I mean, that itself could be a really interesting film. Just um, someone who's a bit of a tomboy deciding to kind of um, kind of appreciate the kind of more feminine side of things and the kind of mm-hmm. classic dance dance. But that is it. This again subverts uh, the audience expectations mm-hmm. because when she joins the class. Uh, girls start having fits so in, in her very first class one of the main girls in this kind of dance troupe thing um faints and and has a fit mm-hmm. and uh, obviously if when the first time it happens you, you, you don't you just think it's kind of a an accident but then every time that this 11 year old girl is there more people have fits and again it's one of those ones where if i say too much it will kind of almost give the game away mm-hmm. um but I would say that this this film has the best ending of a non-horror because the, uh, I've seen it in a long, long time. It's, I, I mean, I can't tell you because it's, it's just hard to describe. But it's also, once you've watched it, you immediately rewind back 10 minutes to, to kind of watch it again because you almost can't believe what you've seen because nothing that happened before that, well, hardly anything, gives you the impression that this is how it's going to end which some I mean, some people like to have the end in telegraph for them because they don't like to be surprised but i was so surprised by this ending and i almost maybe i don't just don't understand it but i think that's that's the beauty of it um and i think i'm going to watch this multiple times to kind of try and understand what was going through the filmmaker's mind why he what the kind of what this is about because i barely know what this is about but all i know it's beautiful it it made me feel emotions that i hadn't really felt before yeah. um and there's, a, there's an element of confusion for sure <laughs> because i don't really understand what was going on for the last half and that's not a criti- criticism that's um 
I'm, I'm amazed because I usually I, I try to predict films. Like when we watch the um, horror anthology today, uh-huh. as soon as I, s- I see a setup, I try and predict the ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I tried to do it for this one, and I got nowhere, no, nowhere close. And that's to me the biggest compliment I can give the film. It, it, I couldn't work out the ending, yeah. um, and I don't think anyone could. That sounds amazing. It's really, 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 really good. Um, and the director is is uh, so female. It's um, Anna Rose Holmer, and I think she's quite new to. Um, because this was, it was a Sundance movie, wasn't it, from last year? I believe, from two years ago. I believe so, it was Sundance. I mean, it almost has Sundance written all over it because um, that kind of type of movie, but it, it's really incredible and it's, it's no wonder it kind of made a lot of people's end of year lists yeah. for, for last year. Uh, but this is available um, now in, in only a couple of places uh, for the moment. It's actually not on Netflix now. Um, in order to get it, you have to buy it uh, to stream on iTunes or um, a Google Play. Play. and it's about £2.99 um, but it's it's really worth it if you want an experience that you, you won't forget in a hurry £2.99 isn't a lot to ask um, the, the, the the 11 year old girl in it is, her real name is called uh, Royalty Hightower that's her name. real name yeah she was destined to be a star um, and yeah and that's my final pick uh, what's uh, what's your final pick Rob? Um, okay, this might be the this might be my most watched movie on Netflix. Okay, and it's by no means perfect. Okay, I absolutely adore this movie. Okay, um, it's by it's a by a filmmaker called Paul W S Anderson who mm-hmm. um, isn't 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 normally associated with um, with a lot of great movies, but this, <laughs> yeah, he really this, isn't, but this yeah. movie assures his place in film heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Event Horizon. Yeah, um, which that I mean the premise is basically The Shining in space. It's about a, a a ship, an experimental spacecraft uh, that can that can travel faster than the speed of light. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, maybe it's interdimensional travel, or it uses a wormhole. I think that's what we're trying some, to do. Yeah. Some some sinister. Um, you shouldn't have messed with this. You know, force out of your control. Kind of you mm-hmm. know, um, warning. Um, but they do it anyway, uh, without considering the consequences, and the ship goes missing, yeah. disappears, uh, and then whatever 10 years later or something um it blips back into existence and a research team including the man who designed the ship sam neil go to investigate uh, and they realize that the ship may have gone somewhere uh very sinister mm-hmm. um this is one of the films that um i believe kind of straddles that kind of uh, line between sci-fi and horror um, in the in the best way and, and Sam Neill is terrifying in it yeah and I remember watching this for the first time uh, I didn't watch it in the cinema but I watched it when it came out on video and I was scared and I'm yeah. not scared by many many horror films this film scared me I mean obviously there are elements that are kind of in Hellraiser mm-hmm. it's like Hellraiser in space even though there was Hellraiser in space Hellraiser 4 but um just the imagery yeah it's the design of it and 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 it's you know it's it's kind of it's kind of upsetting to watch because there's there's absolutely no way a movie like this would ever get made again because it's 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 a big uh you know it's an 18 here it must be it must be a hard r yeah in the the states i'm sure it got i think i heard a story that it got an nc-17 originally and that took days to chop something down it's a really hard horror Mm-hmm. Um, like you, can't, I can't overstress that. It freaked <laughs> yeah. me out when I was a kid watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, some some of the some of the images are really they they sear into your brain, and it's it's yeah. quite upsetting. Um, 
so that level of horror coupled with amazing production design uh you know state-of-the-art effects at the time and um just big epic scope you just don't see those movies really you really um, don't especially I, in this particular genre yeah um but it's uh, you know it's it's got a, it's got a schlockiness to it that I that I really appreciate. <laughs> yeah, it's and well it's, Sam Neill makes it schlocky. Anything he's in is a little bit. Oh schlocky. yeah, he yeah. chews the scenery like nobody's business. But it's amazing. Um, and what why what what would you say the reason why people should watch this? Because if it's something like we're two diehard horror fans and it scares us, what what reason do you think? A person who's not maybe not into horror why how could we convince them to watch this particular film well i think i i mean i think there's there's a level of craft on show that um spacecraft that any, yeah <laughs> there's a level of spacecraft on show that i think anyone 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 could appreciate that this is a well-made movie it's yeah. a well-directed movie it's a well-designed movie mm-hmm. um it's it's i think it's like i think it's iconic there are there are images in it and moments yeah. that uh that are just amazingly quotable or, or, or stick with you. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, uh, the, he, he carried on some of the imagery to a lesser extent in, in his resident evil movies. Yeah. Because I mean, there's some of the, some of the kind of scenes in, in those are quite subversive, but mm. still beautiful to look at. And, um, I think, I think he, you know, he's, uh, he's a smart guy and he, he, yeah. he, you know, I haven't got on with all his movies since, <laughs> yeah. but he but he knows how to put a scene together. He knows um, he's a very visual filmmaker, uh, and that you know there there are just some there are just some amazing sequences in this film that you you could you could put it on mute and just watch this film silently, yeah. and appreciate the craft of it. Mm-hmm. Um, spacecraft, the spacecraft, I need a different <laughs> word. Um, but yeah, it's great, and Lawrence Fishburne's good in it, and um, <laughs> yeah. This was before the Matrix, right? This was like ninety-seven or something around that time. Yeah, um, so it's before Lawrence Fishburne was kind of big. Yeah, um, I mean, it's obviously kind of his career's kind of dwindled a little bit since uh, the Matrix. But um, yeah, I mean, that's that's a great pick. Uh, if you haven't watched it already, the reason why I think people who are maybe non-horror fans or non-genre fans would get into it is because it's an original. It's so if you want to watch something you haven't seen before then then put on event horizon if you if you want the same old kind of slog from your films go, go watch them like a meg ryan comedy or a Renee zellweger film with turning out the same old rubbish all the time um yeah it's certainly it's certainly different yeah and you're really not going to get another film like this i mean there's been there's been kind of there have been films that have kind of tried to get the same kind of horror in space element to it. Well, Sunshine kind of did. Sunshine, Sunshine, very actually, similar. Actually, Sunshine actually, I think they probably would never admit it. Yeah, but I think Sunshine. Um, Dan, there's of, a Danny Boyle like, film cribbing from from Event Horizon. Yeah, you're right. Did you ever watch that film called Pandorum? No, I've heard. I've heard yeah, I've heard it's okay. It's basically them trying to make Event Horizon again, but but without the kind of surreal kind of beautiful elements to it um also is is this, i think this came out before steven soderbergh's solaris it did yeah because I mean, solaris that, was 99 right and this wasn't and maybe this was this like 95 97 i think I'm sure, sure people yeah. will call us out on this but yeah um, <laughs> but, i mean obviously there's, there's elements of, of the original tarkovsky solaris in, in event horizon yeah you know it's kind of like a hard horror version of solaris mm-hmm. but also 
um, it, you know, there are lots of there are lots of similarities in kind of the design and the kind of cold, the 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 cold color palette and yeah. and all this kind of stuff um, between between this movie and, and Steven Soderbergh's Solaris, which and I love that movie as well. Yeah, but yeah, well, thanks very much, Rob. That's a, a, a great choice. And if you haven't watched it already, then then I thoroughly recommend it. Where could people, if they want to learn more about you, Rob? Where's the best place for them to find? You. Well, they could go on my website, which is www.rob-savage.co.uk. Someone already have uh, robsavage.com. They're not even called Rob, you know. They're called Robin Savage, but they took oh. Rob Savage, the whole one, and they wouldn't sell it to me. So, Tragic. Um, so there's a dash in there, an all-important dash. And you can check out Dawn of the Deaf at, at uh, www.dawnofthedeafmovie.com, mm-hmm. which we try and keep updated yeah. as much as we can. And we've got a Vimeo account. No, uh, uh What's the word? Twitter account, just at D-O-T-D movie. Yep. Uh, Hashtag Dawn of the Deaf. Yeah, so... um, Oh, and me. You can find me on Twitter as well. That's at at D-I-R for director. D-I-R Rob Savage. That's cool. Um, And if you want to find me on Twitter, you can do so. At Jed Shepard, J-E-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. Same on Instagram, same everywhere else. Go to postpoprecords.com to find out about all my uh, musicy stuff. Go to Postpop Podcast to find out about my podcasts. Um, You are listening to one right now. Shout out to the other podcasts that are kind of currently up uh, on iTunes. And they are um, Empath of Least Resistance, presented by Asia and Annie Hardy which is great um, two girls from LA talking about life and um, what to do to make your life better um, the other kind of one uh, which you probably know about is Monkey Tennis which uh, has taken the world by storm really and uh, uh, yeah and please tell your friends about this particular one what to watch on Netflix uh, rate, review and subscribe and I'll see you next week thank you very much Rob thank you Jen thanks bye